You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. He does look like a cop, doesn't he? Look at him. <laughs> you know, it's uh, interesting that he said that. Uh, you know, the last point you brought on about the voice being our life, I'm so glad he stopped there because that's my sermon. So I'm so glad, man. I, I'm glad you kind of finished there because my whole thought, this message this morning that I have, I believe, is in the concept of uh, the best voice that we, or I should say God wants to use us, our life, to be a voice to this, to this world. And, and uh, first, before I even get started, I want to thank Pastors Art Maria. You guys got awesome pastors, man. Give them a hand, man. We love these pastors. Love the leadership of this church. Um, Great to be with friends. What a powerful word, bro. Powerful word, man. And just being here this weekend has been a blessing. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what God has for PC Las Vegas. And this is, this is pretty incredible. I, you know, even last night, just the presence of God that is in this place is amazing. It is thick. It's, there's an anointing here. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the right place. Come on. On a Saturday morning, you're in the right place. And then you got the Raiders coming to Vegas. So that's exciting, right? That's a <laughs> That's it, man. I lost my audience. That's it. It's over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think about this, this conference and um, really honored to be here. And, you know, as we're preparing for this conference, you know, God was dropping things in my spirit and my heart about what he wants to do here at this church. And not just in the church, in the community and, and what God has for the congregation. And I entitled this message, The Useful Life. And I, I think it's important. I want to look at Scripture here, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll get right into this. Again, I don't want to take away from Pastor Joe Weininger's time. I, want to make, I got the clock right there, so I'm watching. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter th- uh, 6, verses 3. We'll start verse number 3. And, and I was thinking about the, the text Scripture for this conference, which is John, I believe, John 123, that I'm a voice preparing the way for, for Christ, preparing the way for him who's going to come and bring salvation. And, and let me just say this. We as the church, we are the voice. You know, John was pointing the way, and the church, we point the way. And the way we point the way, we point to Christ, but we point through our lives. We point through our lifestyle, the way we love, the way we forgive, the way we serve. All of that, our character, our integrity, all of that is a voice. It is a a demonstration, an influence of what God has done within us to reach everyone around us. And I want to look at the Apostle Paul this morning in a way that I, is, I was reading this, and God began to just pour into my heart this understanding. I never really saw it this way, and I, I just believe if you stay with me, that God will really bless you this morning. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 here, and we'll start here in verse number 3. Now, Paul says this. He says, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault in our ministry. And everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. The first thing Paul here talks about is the credibility of his ministry. How many understand that credibility is important? Having credibility is so important. Paul says we are living. He's first addressing the ministry here. He says we live in a way that is influential because we still believe 
that a good name goes a long way. And so when, when we say a good name, it's not the name of the building, it's the name that the people hold. You see, you can have, the building is beautiful, I love this facility, but how many know the building is not the church? The people are the church. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the church. And so being a good name, he's saying, listen, our name, we, we live in a way, we serve in a way that no one finds fault in our ministry because we understand that we are true ministers of God. So first he addresses the credibility of his ministry. And then look at this in verse, the next verse. We patiently endure troubles and hardships, calamities of every kind. We have been beaten. We've been put in prison. We have faced angry mobs. Uh, man, Paul's had a rough life, man. I, who would like to hang out with Paul? I don't know if I'd like to hang out with Paul. We faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, have gone without food. Somebody would say, I'm done right there. If there's no food, I'm not going. We prove ourselves by purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in our right hand and for attack and, and for defense in our left hand. And, and the second thing Paul addresses here, listen, he talks about the consistency of ministry. Now, I want you to stay with me this morning. He first addresses the credibility of his ministry, and then he talks about the consistency in his ministry, saying there doesn't matter what we face, we're not going to stop. It doesn't matter what we go through, we're sticking in this thing. We're in this to the very end. Amen. No matter what we face, no matter what persecution comes our way, no matter what opposition, no matter what we suffer, go through, the consistency of our ministry is going to move forward because we're in it for God anyway. Thank God for some consistent believers. <laughs> People that don't bail out the first time they're offended. Come on, man. You didn't get that invite to that birthday party? Like, I'm out of here, man. They didn't invite me. You see it on social media. They're having a great time. You didn't get an invite. I'm leaving the church. Thank God for some people that will stick it out. Come on, man. If you're here and you've been here a while and you're faithful, look at your name and say, listen, thank God for some consistency. Thank God for some consistency. And Paul is saying, listen, we're going through, we're going through all this stuff, man, but we're still in it. We're not going anywhere. We're in this, we're sticking with this, no matter how difficult it gets, we have the credibility of our ministry, we are watching how we live, we are being an influence, and now we are, we're, let me lay this out, doesn't matter what we go through, we're consistent. We're going to be here on Sunday. We're going to, you have midweek service? We're going to be here on Wednesday. If it rains, shines, pour, it doesn't matter, we're going to be here. Doesn't matter what we're going through, doesn't matter what's happening around us, we understand that the importance of being consistent and what God has called us to do, we're going to stick with it. So he addresses the credibility of his ministry, he addresses the consistency of his ministry, and then he deals with the crowds of ministry. How many know the crowd is always the worst part, right? Look at the next verse here. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Everybody felt that before? A little honored, a little despised? Whether they slander us or praise us, we are honest, but they call us imposters. They are, we are ignored even though we are well-known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten. We have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we, we, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing. 
yet we possess everything. What a, what a, how many would like to have a few minutes of Paul's attitude in life, man? God, give me this attitude, man. Give me this perspective. Give me this way of thinking. Paul had a, a, the right understanding. He had the, a clarity on life. He had a clarity on ministry. He understood that ministry was not just about, it wasn't about him, it was about others, and it was about the call of God on his life. And, and so he says, because of the call of God on my life, we're going to be a credible ministry. We're going to be a ministry of consistency. We're going to be a ministry that deals and understands that people are flawed, and whether they love us or hate us, we're still going to continue in the ministry, right? We're still going to keep up and, and do what God has called us to do. And just to kind of go in a little more detail into Paul's suffering, I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned, and, and not the stone that you're thinking. Another, he was stoned. Three times, he says, he was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night adrift at sea. I traveled many long journeys. I, now, I want you to hear this. I faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I faced dangers from my own people and from the Jews as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in cities and deserts and seas. And I faced danger from men who claim to be believers or who are not. And everybody say faced, faced, say it. I've worked hard and long and during sleepless nights. And these are all the things that Paul is going, but notice that word faced. I faced it. I went head on with it. I didn't run from it. I didn't run from my responsibilities. I didn't run from uh, the things that came against me. And when it got hard, I didn't quit and I didn't give up. You know, this past uh, July 27th, my wife and I, we celebrated 28 years of marriage, man. 28 years. I'm going to clap for that one because uh, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a long time. That's a long time. But we've been together for 31 years. I met her when I was 13. She was 14. We were still kids. She, she, actually, she was, yeah, she was 14 and a half. So she cradle snatched me. I was, I was young, and she just she took advantage of me. But listen, I was okay with it. I was okay with it. And uh, we got married. Uh, <laughs> got married at 17. I got three beautiful children. I'm a grandpa now, so I have uh, in-laws, and I've got grandkids. And, but I, I look at the years, and 28 years, it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy. And I'm thinking about Paul here, and and, and he's dealing with all of these situations. I'll stay with me. He's dealing with all these things that he's encountered. And, and, and understand the, the percentages of things he's went through. He, he dealt with natural disasters. And he dealt with physical problems. And he dealt with people and all these, these things. But I don't hear him saying that he was afraid. I hear him say, I faced it. I dealt with it. I didn't run from it. I didn't, I didn't make excuses why I can't serve God. I didn't make excuses why... You know, life is, you know, sometimes when I think of people and they, they want to quit God because, you know, they have a bad hair day and it's like, I'm done with God, man. It's over. It's over. You know, it's like, come on, man, really read Paul's life. Man, the guy went through anything you could possibly imagine. But in his perception of life, he says, I'm facing this thing. I'm not going to quit, man. It doesn't matter how difficult. Come on, give the Lord some praise, man. It doesn't matter how difficult life gets. I am heading this thing head on, man. I'm facing it head on. And as I begin to read that, it, it just, it stirred me because Paul's life is inspirational to us. However, there is an area that he says, I fear and that I am afraid. And there's something that Paul, in his life, I believe, petrified him, terrified him. I think this area in his life is where he lost sleep over. There's an area in Paul's life where that I think he would go to bed and it would constantly just uh, in his mind, play it through over and over and over. 
And I want to read the scripture to you, and it's in 1 Corinthians 9.27. I want you to listen to this. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear. Everybody say fear. Fear is a big word. He says, I fear. Now, keep in mind, a minute ago, he says, I faced it. I faced it. I faced these battles. I faced these hardships and bitten by a, a viper and just shook it off. I, mean, I, don't, I really don't think these things feared Paul. I, I, I think this guy, not to say he was superhuman, but I think he had an attitude and an understanding of who he was in Christ and the power of God working in him, that he can walk into any environment and say, it doesn't matter. If God's with me, who cares who's against me, right? If God be for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. Paul had this mentality that I'll face it head on. However, he says, I fear this. I fear this. That after I have preached to others, I might be disqualified. Paul was afraid that he would get to a place or something could happen in his life that would not allow God to use him. The useful life. Look at your neighbor and say, make yourself useful. Come on, tell him. <laughs> Some of you wives have been telling your husband that for a long time. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Make yourself useful. All right. <laughs> the Greek word here, and I want you to listen to this. The Greek word here is dokimus. And the word disqualified, and it, and it, it translates to uh, acceptable or pleasing. But that word is also used in relation to money. So back in the ancient world, they didn't have paper money, so they would, uh, they would use coins, and they would, uh, you know, get these metals, and they would melt them down, and they would fashion form them, and then they would put them into circulation. Well, over the course of time, people understand that, you, like anything else, when you put something into circulation like that, people would get the coins and begin to shave off a little bit of the metal and try to form their own coins, right? Knockoffs. Anybody ever bought a knockoff before? All right, come on. You, that's not really a parada. It's not really a Louis Vuitton, but you bought it. You told your wife it was, and it's not. We went to the Philippines years back. We were doing a conference, and uh, there's a place. Anybody ever been to the Philippines? You know, people, we, we did a conference out there, and we went to this place called Green Hills Mall. And when Green Hills Mall is, you have all the knockoffs. So you have the Louis Vuittons. I bought my wife a beautiful Louis Vuitton for $20. It was amazing, man. Amazing. And, uh, but she tells, I tell her, but listen, you got to tell the truth. When people ask, tell them it's not real. And, and so we were there, and it was a time when, when the, the Kobe's came out. Kobe Bryant's got his shoes that came out. And so we had all these kids with us. We did an Elevate conference there. And all these kids were buying boxes of these Kobe's. They were only $20. And over here, they're 150, 180. They're only $20. So kids had boxes, like 10 boxes, and they were back, putting them in bags, and they were taking them home. And I bought a pair too. I thought that was really cool. And, but here's the thing with knockoffs they don't last very long. <laughs> How do you understand that? Fake stuff, you, you get what you pay for. So those knockoffs last about a week and a half, and then the, the, the bottom of the chute comes off, the, the, the threading starts coming off. They don't last very long. And so back in the day, these people were shaving off some of the metal to create their other coins. But the thing is, what they didn't understand was it wasn't on the look, it was on the weight. So even though the coin looked the same, they both looked the same, it was on the weight. And so what they did is, because they knew people were, you know, going to try to make these knockoffs, they had to create a position that somebody would come and weigh the coins. And that person's name was called the docimus, which was the approver. That's what they would do. So you would come in, and you would bring your coins, and you would put them, and he would weigh them to make sure 
that is exactly what it was. And I was thinking about this, and let me just throw this out there, that the Lord is the documents of our hearts, that God is the wearer of our hearts. You may look one way on the outside, but God knows what's in your heart. It is not about appearance. It's about what's in the depths of our heart. We heard last night, Pastor, we talked about God doesn't look at man as man does, but God looks at the heart. He knows if you're cutting corners. He knows if you're taking shortcuts. He knows if you're cheating others. He knows if you, who, you, who you say you are, if you really are that. He knows who you are. And he weighs the hearts. And he weighs who we are. And so what Paul is really saying here, and I want you to look at this. I discipline my body in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, like an athlete, to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after I preach to others, that I may be unuseful for God. That the documents would look and say, not approved. Not approved. Not talking about salvation. Talking about disqualified from what God has called us to do. Losing influence. Losing credibility, losing opportunities because God can't use you. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Because God wants to use your life. Look at your name. God wants to use you. Tell him. Come on, tell him. God wants to use your life. He really does. Paul was more concerned, listen, with being disqualified from ministry than losing his life. He really was. I was more and more afraid that I would be disqualified from what God has called me to do I'm more afraid that God cannot use my life than facing dangers that hit me on every side. Man, God, give us a church, a people, a generation that is more concerned about being used by God, come on, than the comforts of this life. This is what terrified Paul. So I can lose. I, I want my life to be used by God to love and to follow and to obey. Lord, help us to be more concerned about our influence than our popularity. Our opportunities over our comfort. Our love for God over everything else. We live in a culture that is obsessed with look. Can I get an amen to that one? We live in a culture, man, people spend thousands of dollars a year, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to look a certain way to take away stuff, to add stuff, whatever you want to do. It just, you know, right? It just, that's the culture we live. We live in a culture who rather look good than be good. Because looking good doesn't take a lot of work. Well, maybe for some of us. But but looking good, being good, takes work. Being uh, Being good takes evaluation of your personal life. It causes you to have to sit down and take some, an evaluation of who you are to really look inward and do some soul searching about who you are, and, and that takes work. And so I believe that because of that, Paul is saying here, listen, I, I want to be a voice for God, but I believe the best way to be a voice for God is let our life speak for us. Amen? Let our life speak. The Bible says that we are salt and light to this world. Our lifestyle, the way we live, we can either allow God to use us or we disqualify ourselves by how we live. Amen. So God weighs the hearts. Stay with me. God weighs the hearts, the contents of what is dealing inside of us. Let me ask you some of these questions. Can God trust you with ministry? 
Can God trust you with ministry? Can God trust you with people? Some of you are saying, I, I, you know, I want to do something big for God, but how do you treat the few people that he's put in your life right now? I, I, I want to, you know, some of you ain't married, you want to get married. But how do you treat the opposite sex right now? I mean, do you honor them and show respect? And I mean, you know, before we, we all want the massive, but how are we taking care of the little, right? And, and so that's so important. How are you with your money? We all want more money, right? No? Yeah? I'll raise my hand at that one. Yeah. Uh, how, I'm going to say, Lord, we, we all need a little bit more, right? But how are you responsible with what you have right now? Are you faithful tither? God, I need to increase. Lord, bless my finances. Well, with the finance I have given you, are you faithful with that? Do you tithe regularly? Are you faithful with the, are you a good steward of what I've given you? All the relationships I brought your way, are you faithful what you have right now? You see, God weighs the hearts. God knows how we're handling business and what we're doing. Now, this was such a big issue, I believe, in Paul, because I believe in Paul's heart, this really disturbed him. Because of all that he was facing, what feared him was being disqualified. So much that he wrote it to Timothy. Now, watch this. Let's look at Timothy now. Timothy is young disciple, young pastor. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20-21, now, remember, I'm staying with the useful life here making ourselves useful for the Lord. Paul writes this to Timothy, and he says this. In a wealthy home, utensils are made of gold and silver, some of clay and wood. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. If you keep yourselves pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready. Everybody say, be ready for the master to use you for every good work. So Paul is writing, I believe, his battle, his struggle, and his understanding of what he's been going through. And, and I don't care about the struggles. I'm staying on track. My ministry is credible. You know, my mind is consistent. My heart's consistent. You know, we'll deal with the crowds in ministry. But one of the things that I do fear is being disqualified. And he writes it to Timothy and says, listen, Timothy, be useful for the Lord. Present yourself useful for the Lord. Create yourself a, a lifestyle that God can use you. And I believe what, what Paul is saying here, don't just be an average believer. Come on, man. Don't just be average. Don't just the same. We all, listen, we all know the Christian cliches. God bless you, bro. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We, we all know that. Sinners know that. Sinners say that stuff. They walk, hey, God bless you, man. And, you know, you see them on social media, you know, doing all kinds of wicked stuff. But God bless you, bro. I mean, God, I mean they, don't, they, they say the same things. And so Paul is saying, be the real deal. I, I believe the greatest influence or the greatest way that God can use us to reach this world is through our life, the way we live, presenting ourselves the right weight so God can use us. And he's telling Timothy that. You know, a few weeks back, um, this was before we had, we had a men's retreat that we just had, and this was a few weeks back, and um, I got a call on a, the week prior to the men's retreat, and it was a lady who had, I hadn't seen in a while, and um, she had said, hey, pastor, she goes, uh, can you come and pray over our house? And so I said, well, well sure, what's, what's going on? And, and she says, well, you know, this is, this is happening. There's some spiritual things going on. And, uh, but I, I, I 
I prayed, and, and the Lord put you on my heart. And I said, okay, I, I, could, I could do that. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I could do that. So I schedule it. You know, I have my calendar on my phone. I schedule it in my phone. And um, the next day, so I end up going. That was a, it was a Monday, I believe. I go and pray for the house. The husband's not a believer, so I got to minister to him and, and witness to him and uh, just bless the home, felt the power of God in the house. So the next, now this is the week leading up to the retreat. The next day, I'm driving and running some errands, getting ready to pack up and ready to get to the street. And I get a phone call from a gentleman who says, and he, he, he calls me and says, Pastor, please, can you call my sister? Something's going on here. It, she's, she's having some type of attack, an anxiety attack or whatever it is, but it's, it's not good. We've never seen her act like this before. So I said, sure, give me her number. So I call her on the phone, and she's manifesting on the phone. So I told the guy who was driving with her, it was her, it was her boyfriend. I said, listen, pull over. And so he pulls over, and I say, take your hand, put it on, on her hand. And I go, I'm going to pray a prayer of deliverance right now for her. God's going to deliver her. And so I had her confess Christ and the blood of Jesus. And so I can hear on the phone the manifestation happening. I said, put me on speaker. And so I'm praying, and God's delivering this woman in the car who's an hour and a half away. And, and, and you can hear, I mean, just the, the manifestations. The, I mean, God is just delivering this girl. After that, we go to the men's retreat, we minister at the men's retreat. We had a great time. I get a call from Pastor Kelly Lorkey. And he's like, uh, hey, hey, Mondo, man, I'm, 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 taking, I'm going through Alaska. I'm preaching your men's discipleship in Paramount, but I'm heading to Alaska. Can you pick me up from the airport? I said, absolutely. Picked him up from the airport. We hung out. I got to hang out with him. And he's a really good friend of mine. And we just had a great time. And I'm starting to think about this, that my life being used for God, right? So I went from Monday being priest, right? Holy water in the house, right? <laughs> Bless this home, Lord. Oh, our Father, our in heaven. Hello, right? From priest, I went to demonologist on the, in the car, shout out, cast that devil out, Lord. I, to Uber driver on a Monday, right? Picking up the guy, I just, and then here I am preaching at a conference. Amen? Come on, man. I want to keep my heart right. I want my heart to be right so God can call on me whatever he needs. doesn't matter what it is. Some of you here should be Bible study leaders by now, and the reason you're not is because the heart's not right. That's the truth. You're, qualif- you're gifted, you're talented, you know your Bible, but there's something going on in the heart. God weighs the hearts, man. He's the docimus. He weighs the hearts. He's the approver of the hearts. And so Paul writes, and let me just close with this because I don't want to take any more. I'll close with three quick things because he, he, he says this to Timothy. He says, if you keep yourself pure you will be that utensil for honorable use. And he gives three quick things here. And I just want to close with these three quick things. The first thing he says this in verse 22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And we are in Las Vegas, right? So uh, run away. So the first thing is run away. Run, everybody say run away. Okay, so let me just clarify this. Paul's not talking about, he's not talking about the trials and the obstacles, the things that we face on a day-to-day basis. He's talking about the temptations that deal, that appeal to the sinful nature, right? The lust, and, and it could be so many other things, but there's things that we just have to learn that we got to get away from. And, and sexual things are on the top of that list. Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife, remember that story? She grabbed them, young man, and She's like, go to bed with me, go to bed with me, go to bed with me. He's like, that's not going to happen. And finally, she just couldn't have it, couldn't take it anymore. She grabbed him. She ripped his clothes off. He took off running, and he ran. 
And I believe as God's people, if we are going to present ourselves in a way that we are useful for the Lord, that he can use us, we can be at that of honorable use, then we, we got to learn to run away from those things. As difficult as it may be, and I believe that, that people deal with this on different levels, but it doesn't matter, it's, it's run away from it. Can I get an amen? Don't try to stand up against, this is one area, you just got to get out of the room, right? If it's social media, you got to swipe away, click away, shut up, whatever it is, man, right? Some people you're following on social media, you got to unfollow. You just got to unfollow them, man. And then they'll probably unfollow you, but it's okay, man. I, you just got to watch what comes. And there's so many things that can come, and, and it just takes a small hook to get you. And, and we've, we, you know, I don't have to go into the details of, of the wreckage and the damage and the destruction that, that this type of sin does to families and marriages and people, and it destroys, man. We, we've been in ministry a long time. There's some pastors here. We've been around a long time, and uh, we probably counseled a lot of people. I've counseled a and a lot of people that have went through these type of things, and, and it's just, it's horrible. Families are destroyed. I mean, it's just, it's a destructive thing. And, and, and so keeping our thoughts pure, our motives pure, our heart pure, it is not easy, but it's doable. It's doable. We, we can really do it. And, and so I believe that part of the way is we got to run away and get away as quick as possible. I, I, you don't think about it. So, so I'm, you know, I'm on Instagram, and, and, and as I'm, I'm swiping up, there are people that I follow, and then they change their profile pic. So when you follow them, they're, you know, they're in the library and they're studying, and now they're in the party scene, right? And they're, and they're showing everything. It's like unfollow. And, and it happens that quick. I don't think about it. You just do it. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. We run away. Then what? Look what Paul says here. Tim says, instead, pursue righteousness, faithfulness, love, and peace. So when you run away, you got to run to something, Right? You can't just run away. you got to run to it. And so the, the next thing he says is run to righteousness living, faithfulness, love, peace. And this is so important that you make a decision. Righteousness living or righteous living just does not happen overnight. And I'm not talking about the righteousness of Christ. You are righteous by, by nature because Christ is living in you. You are righteous because of his righteousness is living in you. But the behaviors of dealing with this carnal nature... It takes consistency, and it takes an understanding that every day I have to make a decision to do what is right. Every day. I, you, don't, you ain't going to roll out of bed and just be holy, 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 man. That, that, that's just not going to happen. You're going to have to roll out of bed and get on your face. God, help me today. Give me the strength today to run away what I need to run away from, to run to you, to run to the word, run to prayer, run to faithfulness, run to righteousness, run to love, run to peace. That is my focus. That is what I'm doing. That's where I'm going. I can't just run away from something. I got to run to it. And Paul says, run to this. Let this be the pursuit of your life. I'm all for, I get it, man. Uh, God wants to bless your life. And I'm not against the American dream, but that's not where we're supposed to be pursuing. The pursuit is righteousness. The pursuit is faithfulness. The pursuit is love and peace. And when you seek the kingdom first, everything else is added on top of that. So you run away and run to, and then lastly, you run with. You run with. Look at this. He says, enjoy. He says, listen, Timothy, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. He says, man, it's not only you run away from the temptation and you run to the Lord and righteousness and purity and all these things, you got to run with the right people. Because who you run with, you become. Bad company corrupts good character. So you're, you're, and I'm not talking about reaching the lost, because that, that's our mission, that's our call, to reach the lost. 
But your inner circle, the ones that you say, these are my brothers, these are my sisters, that needs to be in the house of God. Your best friend should be here. Here, right here. When you run, he says, enjoy. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. You see, because who you run with is who you become. And so I'll just end with that, and I'll end with this last thing here, and I'll call Pastor Joe up right now to make ourselves useful for the Lord. We've got to run away from certain things that are, that are contaminating or can contaminate us. We run to that righteous way of lifestyle, and we run with other believers who love God like we do. Amen? Um, I, I will say this. The, the, the degree in which God, I'll close with this, the degree in which God will use you in your life will be the, the level of surrenderance in your life. That's the truth. So I, I get talent. I get, some of you here are very talented, very gifted, I, and, God, and God does use that. He will use you. But to the level in which God, the degree in which God really wants to use your life to the full capacity will determine on the level of surrenderance to him. The more you surrender your life, the more you yield your life, the more you die to yourself, and the more you lay down your own ways of thinking and, and, and opinions and say, God, it's not about me. It's not about what I think. It's about you and what you want, Lord, and what you want for my life. I don't care. One day, let me be Uber driver. That's fine. One next day, I'll preach at a conference. I, I'll be useful for whatever you want, God. It's the level of surrenderance that gives us the ability to be used by God at any level. Amen.